Welcome to Mule Mountain Messages, sermons from the pulpit of the Community Church of Warren in historic Bisbee, Arizona. We're continuing our look in Genesis, closing out the chapter on Jacob, and looking at the life of Joseph as we enter into the last section of our look at Genesis. If you do not have a church home, we would love to invite you to come and visit with us at 1030 on Sunday mornings, 201 Arizona Street in the Warren District of Bisbee, Arizona. Please come and join our family. So I heard this story about a pastor who was voted the most humble pastor in America. The congregation actually gave him a medal that said the most humble pastor in America. Then they took it away from him because he wore it on Sunday. So he wasn't. <laughs> there is a, uh, a fella that some of you may have heard of. He's passed on now. His name is John Wooden. Now, John Wooden was probably the most successful basketball coach in the history of the NCAA basketball. He led the UCLA Bruins to a national championship 10 out of 12 years. And this icon, this this huge man in college basketball, heard one time of a small school that was looking for a head coach. And so he went to the head person of that school and he said, you know, excuse me, uh, my name's John Wooden and I coach down the road at, at UCLA. And I understand that your, your little school here needs a coach. And I was wondering, I have an, a, man in, a man in mind uh, that I'd like to recommend. And, you know, I've, I've got a couple years coaching and I, I, and I thought you might like to take the recommendation that I have. And he did that in all sincerity. He was, you know, if they would have said no thanks, he would have said okay. But he didn't presume anything. He was a very humble man. And, of course, if you're a person in a school and the best basketball coach in the history of basketball comes and says, hey, I'd like someone to recommend someone for your coaching job, you're going to be like, okay, you know more about basketball than I do. Mm-hmm. You know, and, of course, but he didn't presume that they even knew who he was. You know, he, um, he was a humble man, and he was indeed a, a strong believer in Jesus Christ. So as you might guess from these couple of uh, little stories here, we're going to, part of what we're going to look at today is this characteristic of humility uh, in our message this morning. So we'll return to Genesis And what we find is that the the narrative is shifting here. In fact, it says right here in verse 2, it says, uh, it says, Now Jacob dwelt in the land where his father was stranger, verse 1, in the land of Canaan, verse 2. This is the history of Jacob. And so what really people believe is not talking about what's coming next, but that little saying there, this is the history of Jacob, that pretty much is closing the book on Jacob in the Bible. And we're moving on now to Joseph. Um, 
And so we're, we're beginning to look at Joseph, the youngest son of Jacob. Now, if you remember, Joseph is Rachel's firstborn son. And Rachel, uh, if you remember, Rachel, that's the big love story in the Bible. And, and um, Jacob worked seven years to, to, uh, to win Rachel's hand, right? I mean, it, the Laban, her dad was like, okay, you can have her. And, uh, uh, but you got to work seven years because you don't have nothing to your name dude and so so you need to work work for her so he did gladly and seven years the wedding night comes and and he's all excited of course in this tradition this culture the the bride is all covered and everything and so he, he comes to find out that that it wasn't um it wasn't rachel that he married it was leah he got duped by the dad he figured so uh now he had to work another seven years to he, he he got to marry after the honeymoon he got he got to marry rachel but he had to work another seven years to pay her off right so you know and so anyway so 14 years for uh for her and and they i believe really loved each other she had trouble conceiving and so when joseph did come along he was a special baby, right? He was something, I mean, it was, uh, she saw all these other wives and handmaidens and all this kind of stuff, spitting out babies all over the place, and she couldn't have a baby. So, but when Joseph came along, um, he was special. I mean, he was special to both mom and dad. And now that Rachel's even is gone, Joseph takes even a, a bigger place in Jacob's heart. I would have to say most likely that he was a spoiled young man. And uh, and that comes also because he came late in in Jacob's life. Okay, so here he had this baby late in life and uh, and he's spoiling him. He certainly favored him over his brothers, right? And what we do know about Jake or Joseph's brothers, Jacob's sons, they were kind of a wild bunch, and they were kind of violent and tempestuous. You know, remember what they had done, the revenge that they had taken on the people that had kidnapped and raped their sister. Um, so, maybe rightly so, Jacob was like seeing some leadership characteristics in Joseph, so he kind of elevated him, and that kind of shows that by giving him that coat. You know, the people believe that the coat was actually a symbol of authority, that that coat symbolized that, that Joseph, even though he was the youngest, was going to inherit uh, the, the family fortune, that he would be the one to inherit the blessing. And, uh, and so... As you could imagine, his brothers weren't very happy with him. They didn't like him. And we don't see anything in here where Joseph tries to do anything to make his brothers like him, right? I mean, he, in fact, just the opposite. It's almost like he's rubbing their nose in it. So he's out with uh, the, it says here, that he was out with the sons of Billah and the sons of Zilpah, which would be 
Dan, Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. And they apparently did something or didn't do something or whatever because he goes home and he tells his dad he has a bad report to his father about them. And so now I guess they feel like he's a snitch. And so his case just gets worse and worse in the eyes of his brothers. And uh, on top of that, he gets that multicolored coat. And they didn't like that. And then God gives him a dream. And so in the dream, it says here, and he told it to his brothers and they hated him even more. And he said, look, Here's the dream. He says, it's, you know, uh, we were out there binding sheaves and then, hey, my sheave came up and, and your guys' sheave bowed down to me. So I guess you guys are going to bow down to me one of these days. Well, that went over like, I'd share what Pops would say and it went over like, but it's church. So anyway, it's, uh, you, you figure out however bad it was, but it wasn't good, right? And... Uh, But he didn't seem to care. He kind of flaunted it, right? He wasn't a humble sort of person at all. There was no humility in him at all. But, just as with his father and his grandfather, God will use those of us who are less than perfect. Isn't that a good thing? Amen? We don't have to be perfect to come to the Lord. Isaiah tells us, he says, Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. God forgives our sins. God makes us, through Jesus Christ, when we accept Him, we now become um, righteous in front of God through what Jesus Christ did. And God works on us after we give our heart to Him. After we surrender our lives to Christ, which I hope you all have, then the Bible says that we're new creations in Christ. The old has gone away. If we give our lives to Christ, then there should be a change in us. And eventually, right, there will be a change in Joseph's life. But that's a little bit down the road, like with maybe a lot of us. And he's got a whole lot of life that's going to come in between now and when he changes but for now he's a spoiled rotten kid and i think he delights in rubbing his brother's noses in the fact that daddy likes me best okay and you know what our heavenly daddy he loves us and he is something to brag about but we do need have to have humility in our lives If we tend to be arrogant, self-seeking, selfish, bragging all the time or being a snob, that cuts off all communication, right? I mean, nobody wants to hear that. It's like that uh, scripture where the Pharisee says, whoo, boy, I'm glad I'm not like those guys. You know, I mean, it's like, you know, we don't need, we don't need that. James tells us to humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. Think of that. God will lift us up. 
but we are to humble ourselves. And really, when you think about it, when you really, really think about it, we're not all that, right? I mean, we're not. Without God, we're nothing. Colossians 3.12 says, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, and long-suffering. We don't have to lift ourselves up. God will do it for us. Because when he does it, he can do it in ways that honors him and is a witness to others. If we lift ourselves up, what does it do? It just ruins our witness. Okay, it just uh, makes us look silly and foolish. By the way, the Bible also warns against a false or insincere sense of humility. Colossians 2.8 says, Let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility. You've seen those guys. You know, that's like really polite and humble in, in front of you and then, and then go rob the bank, right, or whatever. So Joseph isn't there yet. He isn't there. So I, I related the dream. God had given Joseph the dream. Of course, he couldn't wait to go tell his brothers about the dream. It only made things worse. So they're like, yeah, you little pipsqueak, you're going to rule over us. Yeah, right. And they figure out of all this, he's just going to even be more insufferable because he got this dream. And you know what? They were probably right. The Bible says he even hated him even more. And so to top it all off, Guess what? God gives him another dream. And he's like, hey, this is great. I get to go tell my brother. Hey, this time I'm even going to tell my dad. You know, Pops, you're going to bow down to me one of these days. It says here, Then he dreamed still another dream, and he told it to his brothers and said, Look, I have dreamed another dream. And this time the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars bowed down to me. So he told it to his father and his brothers, and his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come and bow down to the earth before you? And it says his brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in mind. So, you know, dad looked at this and he's like, okay, I'll think about it. You know, I, I, I find it kind of uh, unbelievable. But, you know, I guess he saw something special in Joseph. And so he says, you know, I think I need to at least keep this in the back of my mind. I need to think about this. But he also rebuked him. You know, he finally, Jacob finally stood up a little bit. And he said, look, you, you uh, Maybe you're right, but you can't keep going around telling people stuff like this. you got to figure out a better way to do it. Well, see, when uh, you have humility, kind of discernment comes along with humility. And discernment is important. It makes you think about things. It makes you think about your life. It's like the old saying that if someone criticizes you 
then maybe the first thing you do is ask yourself, are they right? Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. But if they are, you take it, you know, you you uh, do the right thing. You know, John Wooden related a, a story here <clears throat> talking about discernment. It says here, be careful who you follow. <clears throat> the story goes that a fellow was walking past a cemetery when he noticed a tombstone with the following inscription. As you are now, so once was I. As I am now, you are sure to be. So may I say, as now I lie, prepare yourself to follow me. So this fellow that walked by, he took out a piece of chalk, and he wrote underneath, the script, uh, underneath that inscription, he said, to follow you, I'm not content until I know which way you went, okay? <laughs> he says here, choose your role models, your leaders, your teachers, and coaches with care. Discernment, right? And we should pray for discernment in our relationships and how we are to act. <clears throat> you know, I know there's a lot of people that kind of pride themselves in saying just, I'm going to say it just as it is. I'm going to tell it as it is. And you know what? There's certainly a time and a place for that. No doubt at all. But there's also a time and a place to be quiet and let the Holy Spirit do His work. Let Him do His thing. You know, in this time with these dreams, perhaps that might have been a time for Joseph to be quiet. You know, maybe God was showing him these things, but not necessarily for his brothers. If he would have thought about these dreams later, and maybe he did, you know, maybe that would have, maybe that's what sustained him through. He'd think about these these dreams, but to 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 share it like he did, he could have had a little more discernment in that. And so we're to have discernment. So how do we know when to keep silent or what to speak or how to do it? Um, praying for discernment helps us to exhibit that good judgment, that insight. You know, discernment is very close to wisdom, right? And um, we can ask for wisdom in certain situations. Hosea 14.19 says, Whoever is wise, let him understand these things. Whoever is discerning, let him know them. For the ways of the Lord are right, and the upright walk in them, but transgressors stumble in them. So how do we get this discernment? Psalm 119.66. The psalmist says to God, teach me good discernment and knowledge, for I believe in your commandments. So if you're a believer, ask God, and he'll give you that discernment. He'll teach us. And I think we can all agree that a lack of humility, a lack of discernment can really get us into hot water, can hurt our witness, making it a little more difficult than it already is. And that's exactly what happened with Joseph. He got into some hot water and his life's about ready to come a lot more difficult. And we'll look at that when we pick it up next time. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do come before you. And Father, 
One, I, I know that I, for myself and probably most here, we pray, Lord, that we would have your wisdom and your discernment. Father, I pray that we would have humility, Lord God, so that you can shine through us. Father, so that you can be seen in us. And so, Lord, I pray that as we walk this week, help us to walk in humbleness. Father, help us to have that discernment and the wisdom, Lord God, to be uh, to honor you and to be a light for you in everywhere we, every place we go, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, fill us with your spirit and send us out with confidence in your word to tell the world of your saving acts and bring glory to your name, in which we pray. Amen. Let us go forth in the world rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God. Thank you.